At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back. Yet another week, and we are on the road to Maine. Damn. It, it is here. Episode 195, five away from 200. Good math, actually. Pretty simple, huh? Eh, not bad. All right. Well, this is your boy, East Coast Trev, and I'm joined... Actually, I'm in the passenger seat with my good buddy, Mr. Madman Mardik. Cap's here. Cap's here. Okay, the cab. Catch good, the cab. Good news is What's we didn't that? have to hitchhike all the way to Maine. Well, that's good. <laughs> I thought we were going to have to for a second. I was hoping there. that you were going to. I wasn't. Why is that? Because my truck was a mess uh, 24 hours ago, I think. It didn't have a drive shaft in it. I had to replace the U-joint, carrier uh, carrier bearing. But uh, we got her put back together, and we're full send, bud. Yeah. We're, well, do- we're doing 80 on 95 right now. 80 on 95. We are headed north. We've made it through the state of Massachusetts. We are actually in the great state of Maine right now. Got a little bit of time left. we got two hours on the road until we are pulling into camp and meeting up with our good buddy Mark. And then we're about, I don't know, six hours away from meeting up with Seth from 207 Outfitters. For you guys that don't know, that's what this podcast is with. If the you voice don't from know, now you know. Hunter. It's Hunter. <laughs> well. We got our backwoods packed and we are ready to rock and roll, dude. I'm pumped, dude. Fired I'm up. fired. There's going to be up. zero sleep going on in the next five days. Yep. But There's no sleep to be you? had. We'll be night hunting with Seth and we will be turkey hunting during the day. Hey. And it's Memorial Day hey. weekend. Like Trev would say. It doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get no better than that. It just doesn't. It's the best day of my life. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, it's just nice to be back on the road. You guys will hear some, uh, maybe some tire slappage from them 35s and the old Yoda, but it's all right. Keep she's, it going. We're just doing what we today, do, baby. baby. We just drive and drive and drive. So, what's up with you, Smartic? You all right over there? You live kicking <laughs> I'm good. or what? I'm good. I'm just concentrating on the road. And I'm navigating because I can't trust you with that, so I got to do it all, you know. Well, I got to do everything else. I got to make cover arts, post the podcast. I got a lot of stuff. Well, hey, you mind your own business over there, (laughs) devil woman. (laughs) Tell fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dude, I'm just excited, Uh, man. Get away for the holiday weekend. No work. All play. All play, man. You got a killer's corner on this one? Anything good? Oh, let me do that while I'm driving, too. <laughs> driving and navigating. I'll, I'll run through time. it and we're quick. Gonna go, no we're offense good. to anybody on the list. <laughs> yeah. Chris Bittman, first bird of the year. Kevin Camara tagged out in mass. Mike Salter with a little fishing derby action with his kids. And uh, shout out to, this isn't a killer's corner, but he did kill it. Ryan Mack with a 
just awesome posts on the uh, Outdoor Drive group page. Oh, no, he killed it. Yeah, he killed it. Uh, we appreciate that. Hashtag send snoods, not nudes. Yeah. And uh, we love seeing stuff like that, so keep up that stuff. That's what I mean, that's what it's really all about. That's what the Outdoor Drive family group on Facebook is all about. Right. It's just keeping that going, dude. Always seeing what everyone's got going on. Tons of snoods. I think there was like, like 90-something snoods that got sent in. Yeah. Um, and the main thing is just don't be bashful with the group page. Like, that's what it's – it's for, It's not for us to post stuff. It's for you guys to post stuff. You guys see enough of our stuff on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, that's what that's, – it's there for you guys. Post jokes. Post good videos. You know, pictures, kills, whatever. Hashtags. Right. Whatever you need to post. And then, uh, real quick, I'm not going to read it all because I'm driving. But this – I think this is going to be the last podcast to – uh, before the closing of Tri-State, Tri-State Skin Divers closes. So make sure you check that out. And then... Um, Those boys actually did something really cool. They cleaned up the, the beaches in Rhode Island. They do that all the time. Super yeah. cool. Yeah, they it. always do like... Uh, excuse me, a little work parties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, don't forget Saddle Up Saturday at Wild Edge, June 24th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Nice. Come check it out. I will be there. I'll, I'm going to try to bring some hats if anybody wants one. If there's and, anything left. Right. Stickers and, and let's just hang. Let's Pun hang. intended. Let's hang and bang. So. Well, man, I think the weekend's going to be really good. I'm super it's, excited for that. There's zero doubt in my mind that it's going to be a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's run through and do some house cleaning real quick and... Uh, then we can get it back on with the show. What do you say? I think it's a fantastic idea. All right. As you guys all know, make sure to go and check out Huntworth Gear. We are the official podcast of Huntworth. Well, not even. No, we're not that. We're definitely <laughs> not that. We're not the only podcast of it. They are the official camo of the Outdoor Drive podcast. Um, also, our title sponsor, Huntworth Gear, huntworthgear.com. We're going to put that to test in the main woods. Um, I, I'm super happy with it throughout this season. This is my second turkey season with it. Absolutely love the gear. Phenomenal, phenomenal it was, gear. It was fun packing for the trip because I I brought so much shit. Yeah. You never know when you go out of state. I mean, I pretty much brought everything but heat boost. Yeah. And I might even have brought my vest, too. I always bring heat boost vest because you never know. You never you, know. You never, you know. You never Plus, know. Even, worst comes worst, you just look swaggy in it. Right. You know, it's just, just a vest on, <laughs> lounging around camp. Killing it. It's like a G. That's what the Durham pants are for, too. Um, <laughs> Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com. Guys, get on over the website, buy some stuff. Good stuff. New seasons are ringing in. Mark's got about 50-something grunt tubes ready to rock here soon. Those will be on the website. And all of your turkey calls, you guys can start practicing now for next season. Don't miss out on those there. Um, and also Bowhunters United, bowhuntersunited.com. The sign-up link is down below in the podcast uh, details down below. So make sure you guys go and sign up for Bowhunters United, and they also bring you news for your crews with Mr. Mike Salter. Let's take a break. Bring it on over to Mike. All right, guys. Why don't we buckle up and see what's going on in the world of news with Mr. Mike Salter. Hey everyone, let's kick this one off in Colorado where two wolf management bills have been approved and are awaiting the governor's signature. SB 256 prohibits the reintroduction of gray wolves into an area. If the U.S. Secretary of the Interior has not made a final determination as to whether the gray wolf population in the area is experimental, which gives the state greater flexibility to manage the wolves, or if the U.S. Secretary 
of Interior or the U.S. Department of Agriculture has not completed uh, an environmental impact study under federal law. SB 255 creates a wolf depredation compensation fund to compensate landowners and agricultural producers for wolf depredation of livestock and working animals. Colorado residents are urged to email the governor and ask for support of the bills, and this can be done directly through howforwildlife.org. Now to South Carolina, where the prohibition on Sunday hunting on public lands has been lifted. On May 26th, new WMA regulations will take effect that allow Sunday hunting on eight WMAs and two national forests from October 15th through January 31st. Now to Maryland, where SB 327, HB 983, was signed into law, which will increase fees for certain hunting and trapping licenses, uh, establish a stamp for hunting seeker deer, and authorize non-resident college and university students to purchase non-resident or purchase resident hunting and fishing licenses. Uh, this sees increases in the license fees for the first time in over three decades of Maryland. Now in New York, where the Environmental Conservation Committee has passed. SB 4099 and sent the bill to the Senate for consideration and can now be brought up for a vote at any time. The bill is aimed at banning coyote contests, but is written uh, to ban any competition where the goal is to take wildlife for a prize or entertainment. The bill does, however, include exemptions for field trials and other canine performance events, as well as contests for deer, turkey, and bear. Uh, you can take action against this bill directly on the Sportsman's Alliance website. Now to Vermont, where the Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department and Vermont Fish and Wildlife Board are accepting public comments and will hold three public hearings on new proposed regulations for trapping and for hunting coyotes with uh, the aid of dogs. The new regulations are in response to Acts uh, 159 and 165 passed last year. Act 159 directed the department uh, to improve safety and welfare of animals trapped um, during the trapping season. The department's proposal includes establishing safety buffers between public roads, state-owned trails, and places where traps can be set, and restricting the use of body-gripping traps uh, to protect pets. Act 165 directs the department to create rules uh, guiding the use of dogs to hunt coyotes. The department's proposal includes capping the number of individuals permitted to hunt coyotes with dogs to 100 hunters, uh, restricting the number of dogs involved in each hunt to four or fewer, and providing safety provisions like requiring that the dogs wear tracking and control collars. Complete details on the proposals can be find, found on the department's website. And comments can be submitted through June 30th to anr.fwpublickcomment at vermont.gov. Hearings will be held on June 20th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Rutland Middle School, June 21st from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Montpelier High School, and June 22nd online via Microsoft Teams. Uh, these regulations are expected to take effect in January 2024 if they go through. Uh, also in Vermont, the Department of Fish and Wildlife is asking uh, for help from turkey hunters and is attempting to collect effort data such as days hunted, hours hunted per day, uh, etc. to help better understand turkey trends and regional differences in populations. The department is asking hunters uh, to log their turkey hunting information using the mobile Vermont Outdoors app. So get that information in for them. Uh, to help them better manage the turkey hunting, uh, the turkey population. Now to Rhode Island, where today the House Environmental Resources Committee is scheduled to consider HB 5864, which is identical to SB 607, and prohibits hunting where man-made structures and or natural barriers are designed to limit an animal's free movement. Uh, it is anybody's guess what this means, but would obviously include roads, canals, fences, and an infinite number of obstacles which exist uh, everywhere in the state. This is an extremely bad bill. 
uh, and you are urged to take action and voice opposition directly through the Sportsman's Alliance website. Lastly, to Michigan and some opportunities for those who want to learn wing shooting. Classes will be held in June where you will learn the basic skills of holding and shooting a gun at a moving target guided by experts. Shotguns and ammo will be provided, but you are welcome to bring your own. Participants must be 18 years or older and will need to bring their own eye and ear protection. Classes will be held at June on June 14th and 28th at 6 p.m. at the DNR Rose Lake Shooting Range and on June 15th at the Frankenmuth Conservation Club at 6 p.m. These classes are free, uh, but registration is required. Also, please don't forget to click on the Outdoor Drives affiliate link in the episode description uh, to join Bowhunters United. Join today to protect and expand your bowhunting rights and get some awesome swag. As always, if you have any news to send along to me, it'd be greatly appreciated. Reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or Bearded underscore Bowhunter21 on Instagram. With that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you, buddy. As always, some good news. You guys, make sure to hit up Mike and send him over your snoots because he loves snoots, so send him over to him. Um, well, man, we're halfway to Maine, dude. Got a couple hours ready to rock and roll, dude. Any, any, what, what are you thinking? What, do you, what what's in, what's on your mind, dude? Dude, I don't know, to be honest with you. I know we're going to have a good time. Kill or not kill, it's not going to, you know, change how this weekend is going to go, but I have a feeling some shit is going to die. I think so too, man. Uh, Seth's been putting in a lot of work. Mark's been putting in a lot of work. And then uh, the killers just joined in the town, dude. That's right. So it's going to be a good time. The boys, uh, Seth is not able to, uh, our boy Seth, Seth Boulay, uh, he's not going to be able to join us this weekend. Death in the family, dude. My condolences Mm -hmm. to him. Sorry to hear that. Lou, I'm not really sure. I think he's at ballet class or doing something. Who knows? I think he's in the Bermuda Triangle because nobody can get a hold of him right now. (laughs) We haven't heard from him since noon. Uh, I don't know. You might see Lou's face on a milk carton or something like that. (laughs) Gone missing. (laughs) Hashtag where's Lou? Yeah. Well, life, life, life takes tolls, man. Family first. It's always most important over having fun. Uh, Good thing that we don't really have family, so. (laughs) Oh, they know. Yeah, they know. <laughs> it's all good. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to the week. And going to be an absolute blast. We're going to kill it back in there. Sunday, we're going to kick it off in Nor'easter uh, in the shop to be able to mess around and hopefully bring you guys some new stuff um, to the Nor'easter Game Calls um, website. Hopefully after we, we might come up with some good things. This is always when all the meeting of the minds come up with some mm. good stuff. So uh, we can't thank uh, 207 Guide Service for the hospitality and also Nor'easter Game Calls for the hospitality uh, in the great state of Maine. And hopefully we'll be coming to you with some great tales from the tailgate of, uh, of killing some stuff, dude. Um, we're going to get the muzzle loaders out, do some skeet shooting, possibly shoot some turkeys with that. The bear at 50 cal. We got all kinds of big plans shooting coyotes at night. Um, it's going to be some good stuff, dude. It's going to be a really good, good, good weekend. I, I think the now the I think about it. I think the thing I'm looking forward to most. I didn't ask. I don't care. Okay, you know me. Um, it's just different hunting. Different, you know, from talking to Mark and talking a little bit to Seth. And it's going to might be a little bit different style than we're used to. And it's that whole problem solving and figuring out. You know how we do it and how we can get it done and that just that killer is going to kill and and kind of putting the pieces together and getting it done and just learning different ways and tactics to get it done um because that's how you just you learn and evolve and become a better hunter and and be able to kill 
anywhere you go. I might have just missed an exit. Did you? I don't know. Yes, I did. Oh, nice job. That's okay. Rerouting. How much did it put us back? Same time. No, 11 o'clock. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and, and I want to, you know, all the people that are involved in this weekend, 207, Nor'easter, by far, this was his idea. Great mm, thing. We're super excited about it. Mark, thank you so this much. This hunt was everything. brought to you by Nor'easter Game, Game Calls. Calls. He said that at the end of camp <laughs> in Connecticut last weekend. Um, also, Greg, uh, Mark's really good mm-hmm. buddy, Greg uh, Andrews, um, for, you know, Letting supplying the camp. camp. Yeah. I mean, you know, we get to come up, spend the weekend in his camp. Uh, he's actually going to come up Friday night and hunt uh, in, in Maine also. Um, and, you know, be with him and RJ and Bobby, uh, Mark, Tim from 207, and Seth. I mean, it's just super pumped, dude. It's going to be such a great weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Most of you guys are frying hot dogs. and We're frying hot dogs. Is. We're frying hot dogs. Jordans. Jordans. I think Mark got 20 pounds or something. Is that what he got, dude? Uh, uh, he got you got know, a lot it's always of something. Good. And I don't know if you ever had a Jordan hot dog before. Oh, I know you have, but the yeah. listeners... There ain't nothing like a Jordan hot dog. No, no. I'm a hamburger guy, but I will fuck up some Jordan hot dogs. But we are, we are definitely going to be hunting on Memorial Day weekend. Super excited for that. Um, and and to kill a main oh, bird. eighty hot dogs, and eighty six, hot sixty-five dog. burgers. Holy Jesus! And Lord. chicken and kielbasa. Wow, we're in trouble. We're fat kids. What can I say? What can I say? Well, let's turn this thing on over to the boys from 207. We're going to learn a little bit about guiding, guiding in Maine, what it takes to be a Maine guide, um, and, and just a little bit about the boys and what they do. Um, you know, veterans and, and getting more veterans and youth out. They, they have a ton of really good things going on. Go over and check those boys out at 207outfitters.com. They, they also take hooligans out like us, do though. Yeah, they take us Jamokins out. They, so. don't, uh, they don't profile. They, well, they're not. I just don't think that they know any better. <laughs> I just don't. Who knows? We'll have to check check in with them at the end of the week and see how excited they are. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's <laughs> all good. Well, let's turn it over to the boys, man. Let's get this podcast underway. We're going to get back to the road. We're going to get into camp, and we're going to kill something in the morning. So here's the boys from 207. All right, we're back on the phone with the boys from 207 Outfitters. What's up, guys? What's happening? How's it going? How's the weather up there in Maine? It's pouring rain here right now. Oh, no. That's never good. <laughs> That's not a good we'll start. by morning, though, so there's hope. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why don't you guys tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you guys do. All right. My name is uh, Tim Black. I uh, started 207 Outfitters with another uh, guy we work with, um, Josh Haynes. And uh, Seth is on board, Seth Edwards, and uh, Blaine Bronson. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about the guide service and a little bit about kind of what you guys do and how, how it all started for you guys? Well, it started for me. I, I, was, um, I became a guide back in 2005 and um, tried to do a little bit here and there for other outfitters over the years. And I retired uh, from the Main State Police back in 2020, I think it was. And was kind of around doing some odd jobs here and there and decided that, you know, let's hang a shingle out and see if we can get some moose hunts going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that we got we got way more attention than I thought we were going to get. Um, I, just, I expected we'd get, you know, one or two hunts maybe, if that. And I think we ended up with uh, four. Didn't we have Seth? Four or five? Five, I think. Yeah, the first the first year, which is pretty good, you know, and and it was based on our uh, word of mouth was the was the first season. Um, all of our hunts were were recommendations from other people that we knew. 
and we did really well that first season. Um, we went, uh, I think we had, we were five for five on bulls, and, or I'm sorry, four for four on bulls, and uh, we had a cow hunt that we didn't end up filling. Uh, we had some opportunities, but just didn't get it, didn't get it filled in the end, but we still had a great time. That's awesome. Seth, why don't we turn the key with you, man? Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do? Yeah, my name's Seth Edwards. I live in uh, central Maine. I've been guiding for just, uh, well, I just started last year, really. Um, always been outdoors. And, uh, you know, after I retired from the state police, same time as Tim did, uh, just looking for something else. I've, I've got a farm here, and it keeps me really busy and a couple other businesses. But uh, just like being out in the, in the fall and, and uh, you know, being a part of that process where other people are able to harvest an animal and helping them out doing that pretty special and then uh, working with some pretty cool guys helps too that's awesome so what what made you guys want to start guiding after retiring out of the police force you're just boredom pure boredom <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that i think it was it was more like my wife saying you really need to do something <laughs> <laughs> that that or she was gonna probably divorce you or kill you one or the other yeah yeah it was it was yeah it was something like that yeah exactly. um it was you know for me anyways i retired and i went into lobstering i went lobstering for a couple seasons with another guy and um at the end of that i realized that i didn't want to do that anymore <laughs> um, so i just kind of stayed home and basically been home with the kids running them they're basically my full-time job right now is the kids running them around everywhere they need to be which is if anyone's got kids they know that's a full-time job um, between sports and school um, but we we talked about it in the past Josh and I and I think we'd even talked to with Seth years ago about starting a guide business and doing stuff and we said well you know we, we've got the time let's do it and it kind of it, it got a little bigger than we thought it was going to right off the bat like I said before um, but that's kind of where it went we all you know we're all big in the outdoors and we love being out there and I've worked for a few outfitters in the past, and I said, you know, this is something that we can do on our own mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of tailor it the way we want it and do our own thing. How about you, Seth? Uh, I, I guess I'm in a little bit of a different boat than Tim. It wasn't uh, out of boredom or uh, being threatened. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, an extension of my season, if you will. I, I live for hunting. It's sort of, you know, all I do, all I think about, but... You don't know you can only kill so many things, and then uh, then you're done. So being able to take other people out and getting to see their excitement, you know, the, the thought of that is what drove me to it, and and that's how I ended up here. Well, it's kind of crazy too. Like Maine, I mean, it's it's tough to draw a moose tag, right? So like, Very. It's, yeah, it, is. it takes a lot a lot of time. I mean, I've been putting in for close to ten years and never been drawn, and like, so for you to guide for moose, then you're able to do those moose hunts every year yep so you get to enjoy that hunt year after year after year right exactly um yep. and that's that's a big good thing about it is you know like like you said it's i i got drawn for a moose tag back in 06 and then my wife got drawn back in 21 but between that time i went on i don't know how many tons of moose hunts because i was guiding to them so like you said i get to go on a moose hunt every year right See, that's so awesome. I, and then one of the things I do want to, because a lot of people always talk about this, on how far, I mean, how hard it is to graduate from the guide academy. Like, that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's, it's, it's more like there's classes right now that a lot of people are taking. Um, 
and it really prepares them for the test. And the test is a is a written test and an oral board test um, of what you know. And Seth Seth would know more about the process. He, he went through it most recent of us, um, so he can probably talk about it a little more than I could. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really no joke. There's uh, there's a lot of studying that goes into it, and they expect you to know a lot, as you should. Uh, you know, being trusted with other people's lives that uh, you should know exactly what you're doing and be confident in how you're doing it. Um. And it wasn't, but it wasn't easy to pass it, right? Excuse me. Yeah, no, sorry, I had to clear my throat there. But no, it's uh, it's it's not it's not easy to pass it at all. There's, you know, you're not required to take a class. There's people that offer classes, and and I was fortunate that a gentleman offered a class free to veterans, and I was able to to go and kind of prepare myself a little better. But it's not uh, it's not a requirement. You can just go in there and take the written test and the oral board test and the map and compass and and uh, identification and all that stuff, and and you still can pass. But it's just a, a way to better prepare to take the class. Yeah, yeah. I I I always thought about it, but in all reality, I mean, it's I I don't I don't almost scared to take it because everyone says how hard it is to pass the thing no it's uh, it's not easy but uh, it is achievable there's yeah. uh, there's quite a few people that pass it every year so. yep so i one of the questions i got like how do you guys all know each other to be able to guide together like did you guys meet prior or what where's the connection and friendship so the uh, the four of us were all in the state police here in Maine, and uh, we all came on at different times. And and three of us in the group, Tim, Blaine, and I, have since retired, and Josh is still on the job. Um, but yeah, that's where we all met in the state police. We were in a specialty team together for quite a few years, and uh, got to know each other pretty well. And you know, we've all since got off the team and uh, kind of went back to our respective areas, if you will, and. And uh, hadn't really touched base all that much, but then uh, then this opportunity came up, and we've all reconnected, and and uh, here we are. That's awesome. Uh, I got a question for you guys. Where where do you see worse shooting at the qualification shooting or, or guiding hunts with uh, the thermals? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've, yeah. I've night hunted once before in Georgia, and I thought i was a really good shot with my rifle until i threw a thermal on and tried shooting coyotes at night and i sucked yeah that's a little different it's way different yeah yeah but that's got to be interesting that's got to be interesting with you guys having new guys in in and out of camp uh every week um i'm sure you deal with a lot of mishaps and misses well we we try we try to vet the clients as best we can you know and we we also did our top priority when they're coming up there is their safety, our safety and their safety. You know, yeah. the, the animals is secondary by far. Um, it, so we, we go over the safety rules, we go over the firearm safety, we go over aid safety, you know, all the stuff that can happen in the woods. Because usually a lot of times we're, we're a long, long ways from any medical attention other than us. Um, you know, to get to a hospital, we'd probably take an hour, two hours, three hours, who knows how long it's going to take to get to a hospital. Um, so we, you know, we, we have them shoot as soon as they get there. We want to make sure their guns are zeroed and that they're familiar with their guns because people will, you know, moose hunts technically a once in a lifetime hunt. I mean, we, they say that it's, it's usually not because people will get drawn multiple times, but 
you know, people will go out the week before the moose hunt and buy a, a new gun. Mm. And they're not familiar with that gun at all. Like, they'll, they'll be, you know, shooting semi-autos their whole life, and they'll go buy a bolt gun for the, for the moose hunt. Well, when they need that follow-up shot, it's not going to be there. You know, because they're waiting for the semi-auto to do, the, do its thing. Right. So we try to walk them through everything we can and, you know, make it as safe and as enjoyable for them. You know, get them as comfortable as they can and, and get them shooting safely. What, and I know this is crazy, but, like, what, what kind of calibers would you recommend for a moose hunt? Uh, anything 270 and above. I like 30 cals. Um, you know, 308, 30 odd six, um, 300 wind mag. But it, more importantly, it's a kind that you're comfortable with. Um, you know, you'll see the you'll see some people show up with a you know a 338 Lapua, and they've shot two rounds out of it. You know, and they're not comfortable with it at all. But you'll also see some people show up with a six millimeter, and they can nail things with that thing. And we've seen moose go down with with all those calibers. Right. So, more importantly than caliber is just how comfortable you are with the gun, or the caliber. That's crazy. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. It's I, I don't know. Taking down a moose, it's it's got to be definitely something where, and, and especially most of these clients that are coming up, it's probably the first time that they've ever seen a moose live. Yeah, a lot of them. Yep. Have you guided any um, archery moose hunts? I have. Yep. Yeah, I guided um, one back in, oh, I can't remember, can't remember what the year was, but it was for another outfitter. Um, he ended up shooting a mastic bull uh, at 12 yards. That's a really awesome. beautiful bull. Wow. And I'd never done it before that. I'd never, I mean, I, I bow hunt myself, but I'd never guided a moose hunt on a, for a bow hunt before. So I said, this is going to be a learning experience for both of us. Right. You know, and that, that bull, the night before, we'd had a bull at, at about eight yards, but we couldn't get a shot. And then the next morning, we ended up killing that one at 12 yards. And then the work begins because now it's not yeah, next to the yeah. road. It's right. it's now right. ran way further into the, the slash or whatever. Yep. And most of our hunts are way off the road anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we 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 uh, quarter and, and pack out all of our all of our meat and the from the you know, quarter up the moose and then pack it out. See, that's a that's a that's a really cool thing because you see a lot of guys that guide moose in Maine. They, they try to keep them as close to the road as possible, but you don't have yep. that you don't have that chance of shooting a once in a lifetime moose. I think from the road, or I mean, it, or it's a less chance than going in and getting them that's further off the road. It's much less of a chance. The the, the moose have evolved over the years. Back in the '90s and '80s, you could shoot you know trophy bulls from the road, and that still happens. You know they do. You know once in a while they'll shoot these smashers from the road. But and I say from the road, this is dirt roads we're talking about, right. logging roads, not not your roads, you know. Um, and but it still happens. But to to get the the real monsters now, is you got to get off the road and get back there. Mm-hmm. You know, get away from the road and get away from the trucks and the the areas that they're staying away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome, though. I I hope I get drawn. I really do. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a great time. I mean, when you see a moose come at you, you know you're you're 8, 10, 12 yards away from this thing, you know, or you know, all of our shots are usually well under 100 yards, and usually they're under 25, to, you know, 50 to 25 yards, Jeez. or even closer. It's, so it's like calling in a turkey, more or less. Yeah, it is. Yep, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And uh, when I when I first uh, started getting moose hunters for another outfitter, I talked, and I said, I don't know anything about moose hunting, you know, and he says, well, you can turkey hunt, right? Said, yeah, he said, same thing. He said, it's just a 1,000-pound turkey. 
and it they, stinks. That, that stinks. stinks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they can kill you. <laughs> and they can actually kill you. You know. <laughs> well, turkey stinks too, and they could kill you also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of turkeys, how, how's the turkey hunting up that way? Uh, it's going pretty good right now. Is it still firing up? Yeah, they're still pretty good there. Uh, they're still gobbling a little bit and strutting. Uh, it's obviously getting close to the end of the season now, so they're they're run ragged, but just like us. Yeah, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen quite a bit of pressure too. Up yeah, in, uh, in my area as well. Seth was a little more Yeah. And, and is there a lot of turkey hunters in Maine, or is this like a new thing with this whole forty nine? I think it's it's definitely growing. Um, I don't, uh, you know, there is some of the 49 stuff that goes on. I, I just met a couple of guys out the other day from Alabama and uh, got to talk to them, and they, they'd killed a bunch of birds, actually, where you guys are going to be staying. And uh, But I, I don't see a lot of that. I, I think it's just organically growing. Mm-hmm. You know, here in Maine, that people are looking for uh, something to do in the spring, and, and, uh, and there's turkeys, a lot of turkeys. So they're uh, taking the opportunity to go out there and get them. You know, it's kind of funny. It's actually your guys' turkeys came from our state, and we're coming up there to shoot the birds that. Right. <laughs> 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 well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate it. We're, we're hoping to take a couple back this week. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you will. We're we gonna got too many. reclaim a couple of them. We're going back to Connecticut. <laughs> right. Yep. It, yep. It's kind of funny, actually, this, this hunt, and I'll, I'll kind of fill in the kind of listeners here, too. Is uh, So, obviously, you guys have all been hearing about our turkey hunt, that we're going up to Maine and meet up with Mark Buzzle from Nor'easter Game Call, so on and so forth. Seth reached out to me and hearing this on the podcast, saying, hey, you're going to be kind of in our area. Why don't we link up, guide, hang out in camp, shoot some turkeys together, got a couple guys that are guides, we'll take you out and help you guys out. So that's kind of where we got to this point. And we're super, we're, we're looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a great time, some good dudes. Um, I actually met Seth um, at Bear Camp in the spring um, and then kind of evolved into a friendship that it is today. And now we get to go back up and hunt together again. So we're looking forward to it and then being able to meet Tim in camp too this this week. And so we're, we're super excited for that. I think it's going to be an absolute blast. Yes, yeah, it be a lot of fun. I think uh, yeah. we've got some good weather and hopefully get some cooperative birds but nonetheless we'll have fun yeah absolutely and, and this in this, now see i don't want to put the pressure on too much but this would be this would be 20 years since i've killed a bird in the state of maine so i killed my first okay. bird ever at 12 years old in the state of maine and i'm now i haven't been up since and so 20 years later i'm going up to try and shoot another one so i don't want to put the pressure on too much but no yeah, <laughs> yeah no pressure there no basically what he's saying all. is makes you put a little wd-40 on the cage so when you open open the cage up and let the turkey out he doesn't he doesn't hear the the cage door open you know? push it around the corner yeah yeah there you go yeah, that's, that's what we say <laughs> give it a quick kick in the ass just kind of push it down yeah. my way a little faster right, right. No. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh. we wish it was like that <laughs> yeah so you boys have already seth you tagged out what the opening day yeah i got two opening day and tim uh it didn't really have time he was guiding his whole family so he's got yeah. two kids and a wife so he uh he made sure they all got birds first and mm-hmm. he just tagged out with two toms uh two days ago Tim. yeah monday yeah. Yeah. 
what, what's up with you guys in the doubles? Yeah, actually, they they were both two birds with one shot, both of us. Yep. Wow. Yep. Well, ammo is expensive. We got to conserve it, you know. <laughs> Especially you start shooting tungsten or something crazy like that. Seven, eight dollars a shot. Yeah. No exactly. <sighs> yeah. Worth it. No, mine was mine was just luck. It just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time. That's crazy. And one of the things, so like, Tim, did you kill yours like on your own farm or? Yep. Yeah, I did. That's awesome. And Seth, you too, or? No, no. I was uh, open a day. It was raining here pretty hard in the morning. And uh, so I didn't feel like going and sitting in the rain. So I went and did a few other things. But it cleared off. And I went riding around and found a couple and worked them. That's, that's crazy because to us, like, it's going to be a little, like, it's going to be a little weird for us because mm. everything back home, like, is private. So, like, you can't just, like, step on someone's land and go and hunt where maine is completely opposite if it's not posted you can hunt it so like it's going to be like totally weird hunting on somebody's property and you're just allowed to hunt there that's got to be like the weirdest thing ever yep no we've uh tim and i have both done some out-of-state hunts so we're we're pretty familiar with that as well where uh you know it's reverse posting where you're not allowed to go on their property unless you have permission so it is it is different, but there's, uh, you know, there's more and more posted land popping up all the time, so it's getting it's getting harder. Yeah. Oh, uh, what kind of hunts did you Especially do? Especially down in southern part. Oh, southern part. In the southern part, we're we're kind of where I am, and a little bit further south, it's you're you're going to see more posted land than unposted. It's a little bluer down there, isn't it? It is. Yes. <laughs> it's not quite as bad where I am, but it gets a little bluer. Farther, farther south, south you go. get, yeah. That's. Yeah. That's because yeah. those Connecticut boys keep going up there and posting all the land. Yeah, we gotta we gotta shut the border down. <laughs> <laughs> the main New Hampshire one. <laughs> Maybe others. Yeah, yeah others too. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not the truth. That, that's gonna be a rabbit hole if we keep going on that. So. I think I think we should just put a border all around New York. I think that would be the greatest start to, to the whole I'm thing. Totally good with that. <laughs> Well, New York City as a whole. I mean, upstate New York's fine. Yeah. But. Well, I can tell you this yeah. right now. I'm in Massachusetts driving right now, and I can't get out of this state fast enough. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Don't go too fast. I know. Well, yeah. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Long, your trip might be extended. Keep it under 80 and don't stop for gas. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maine, Massachusetts, one of those worst states. Every time they come up to Maine, whether it's bear hunting, shed hunting, whatever, I get so worried driving through the state of Massachusetts. I hate this state with the with a passion. I really do. <laughs> it sucks. There's nothing. There's nothing good here. Really, nothing good here. Yeah. I told Chad. Nice. I told Chad if we get pulled over in Massachusetts and he asks us what we're doing, we're not going hunting. We're freelance photographers. <laughs> That's yeah, all they need. Right. They don't. They don't need about the four shotguns under the seat. <laughs> no, no, no. Really yeah, I know. Decoys hanging out the windows. <laughs> like, no, we're not. A nope. Shotgun shells rolling around the center console. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are police officers. You know what you're looking for here. <laughs> we know exactly. Two burly bearded men from Connecticut with shit everywhere. You know what's about to happen. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And and the decoys are because of Seth because he's got seven DSCs DSDs in this thing. And we can't. I don't even know. I was gonna strap him to the roof. I didn't. We almost didn't have any room for those things, Seth. <laughs> you got Seth's whole flock of turkeys back there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
exactly. That's right. I should have left them in Connecticut. They're such nice decoys. No. Yeah, we appreciate. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You can stop by my place to stop my fan on the through. My house supports that. So just just tell them that they dropped off the back of the truck. He won't. Yeah, he see, won't yeah, I don't know what so. happened. To me. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what happened. They're coming. Yeah, I got, when I got pulled over in Massachusetts, the state he, uh, confiscated him from me. <laughs> 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 well, since you're not hunting, you won't be needing these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so you guys said so you, you guys going to have some time. To, go, go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. Please. I was going to ask if you guys are going to have some time to go coyote hunting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to twist my arm. Yeah. You, you can think about it if you want. I mean, you didn't really think about that very much. We don't sleep, so don't worry about that. We'll figure no. that out. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, I like I like sleeping a lot, but hanging out with Seth, you don't get a whole lot of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Well, I think we're going to end up pulling an all-nighter tonight. By the time we get into town, get camp all set up, yeah. we'll probably just be up all night, honestly. Um. Why don't you guys... We went out Monday. Okay. Uh, Seth and I went out on Monday. I went out Monday morning turkey hunting. I got up at 3.30 that morning on Monday. And Seth and I were out till turkey hunting, uh, coyote hunting till Tuesday morning. I got home around 2.30 Tuesday morning. Jeez. So I'd been up for 23 hours. Wow. <laughs> See, that's that stuff I'm looking for. Stick that needle right in my arm. Mm. I need that in my life. <laughs> Jeez. So so why don't you take us through a coyote hunt? Because I want to hear a little bit about it. We haven't had too many night coyote hunters mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, kind of break it down to us, kind of like how it starts, where what you do, kind of how, how you get yourself to be successful. Well, this gonna... is Seth's wheelhouse, so we're going to throw him right in now. <laughs> I'm going to warn you that once you get started, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. It, it is you sell every drug. sell everything right now and stop. <laughs> that, no, I think you uh, the you know the biggest thing, of course, is uh, knowing your properties and what you have available. Uh, the thermal night game is obviously something you want to do in uh, open areas not something you can do in, in uh, thick uh, thick wooded areas you know so knowing your areas a little bit uh, doing some scouting see what you can find for sign or uh, you know I, some of the best information I get is from neighbors and landowners farmers saying they've seen coyotes around so that's the uh, the first thing and then uh, you know getting out there at night getting your call set up I think uh, you're calling Knowing what you're doing, calling is uh, obviously very important. And uh, you know, it's uh, trying to get the wind in your favor mm-hmm. as best you can. You know where you think the guy is going to come from, making sure the wind isn't going that direction. But truth be told, they're a wild animal, so the wind can be blowing any which way. Who knows? But uh, trying to put it in your favor as best you can, and then just riding it out man it's uh, trial and error trying to figure out that's uh, you know i'm self-taught coyote hunting at night and uh you know other than what i've learned on the the internet podcast and there's a ton of information out there but uh, yeah just trial and error trying to figure it out so so one of the things is like so you're literally just standing there in the middle of the field like there's no concealment no nothing no not a thing half the time i'm wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt Standing really? in the middle of the field, and then you just have the caller out there, and you just let it rip, and just scan the field to see if something's coming. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I try to get the call, you know, 50, 40, 50 yards out, 
and maybe off to a side a little bit. So if they do come out in the field and they're looking, you know, there's moonlit nights that uh, you're going to show up more than others, but if they're looking towards where the call is and not looking at you, you should be pretty pretty okay. Are you using a thermal scanner or are you scanning with the scope? I started out with, uh, well, like everybody, I started out with lights and I went to night vision and now thermals. And uh, I was scanning with my thermal rifle scope, and then, uh, you know, now I'm using the handheld. Right, and then you just switch over to the rifle once you see one. Correct. Is there one call, like, kind of call sequence that you like better than another? It it all depends on the time of year. So right now, this time of year, the pups are, uh, you know, they, they were born in the den. They're probably three, four, five weeks old, something in that ballpark. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to get their attention with some howls in the beginning. And then I'm using some pup sounds, whether it's uh, pup distress or just uh, pup sounds in general. And then uh, transitioning into uh, some fight sounds, you know, that I run year-round. And then uh, then I go into some adult distress type stuff. So you know, the, the sequences evolve as the year goes on. And, and how long is a set? Like, how long are you getting into that field and setting up and staying? Or I think, you know, it's uh, everybody has their own preference. Uh, I'm not a big patience guy. And, uh, and Tim can Tim can <laughs> You and Trevor are going to get along great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, 20 to 25 minutes is about my max if I'm, if I'm not feeling it and I haven't heard anything. If I've heard something, you know, off in the distance that changes things, I'll work it for a while and see if we can come up with something. But I'd say 20 minutes is probably my average. Yeah, see, Seth, me and you probably shouldn't be turkey hunting together because we'll be halfway across the state by noon. Everyone no question about that, <laughs> dude, because I can't sit worth a shit turkey hunting. Well, there's no there's no Ubers up here, man, so we got to figure something yeah. out. <laughs> the... Uh, are you go a lot of your sets blind, or are you locating night prior? Like, are you going in with the pretty good assumption you know they're close, or you'll just you'll just give it hell in hopes that you get a response? Yeah, no, I'm just going in blind. Okay. Like I said, I try to do some scouting in some areas and look for a sign, but it it really doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm gonna in the course of a night, you know, hit five or six different sets probably, and uh, so. It doesn't matter to me if, if I've seen a recent sign there or not. I'm going to try it. And then I have some people that are requesting, you know, that I kill some coyotes off their property. So I try to hit those a little more often, not right. really knowing much of anything where they are there. So is that is that kind of the same thing where if it's not posted, you can go and hunt it? Yes. Yep. 100%. Do you ever get, like, somebody that comes out the dooryard, like, what are you doing in my field? <laughs> No, I haven't had that uh, that I can remember. Anyway, we uh, we run suppressed rifles, so we're uh, we're pretty quiet in that regards. And then uh, you know the callers it, during the summer, if windows are open, I'm sure they can probably hear it a little bit. But during the winter, or even now, you know, cooler nights, people are keeping the windows closed. They won't even know we're there. Yeah, and then it doesn't. I had a guy. Uh, I had a guy this winter come out and yell at us and start shining flashlights over to us, thinking we were coyotes trying to drive us off. Come on, what if they start? Like, yeah. what's to say? I mean, Maine people are crazy. I mean, they probably shoot at you. Like, that's kind of. This is. I'm second guessing well, this whole coyote thing. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Usually when we yell at yell back at them, they figure it out pretty quick. They were not <laughs> <coyotes>. <laughs> what uh, what caliber are you running? Two two three or? I've got a two forty three, and Tim is running a twenty two two fifty on Ooh. AR platforms. No, nope. uh, both. Yeah, okay. both guns, Remington seven hundred. Okay. Uh, I had a uh, I had a uh, AR ten and two forty three, and I just had a lot of problems with it, and I switched to this bolt gun, and I've been super happy with it. Right. Yep. That's nuts, though, and 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 it kind of does a little turkey scouting for you sometimes too, right? Yeah, hundred percent, man. You're running yep. that tur- uh, that coyote call at night, and the gobblers are going off in the trees around you. <laughs> <laughs> Works out pretty good. Um, yep. Can you shoot bobcats too this time of year? No, no, you, no. you can't shoot them at night any time of year. Oh, right? really? A specific season for them. Okay. All right, that yeah, makes it. so you, you can only hunt them during either. the day. Oh, no fox, neither. You know what's crazy? I just thought of well, I talked earlier how I night hunted once in Georgia for hogs and coyotes. <clears throat> it was actually this weekend. Oh, it was really? Memorial Day weekend. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, oh, no kidding. Yep. Uh, 2019. Jeez. So that's cool. So huh. we're knocking off some some. We're reliving we're some deja, so, yeah. deja vu's yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, some anniversaries. Yeah. So, so Tim, why don't I want to hear a little bit about the moose hunt? Just a little bit more, man. And I think people might want to too. Like, what kind of stuff are you doing to get prepared for moose season? Like, there's a lot of pressure on that. Like, how do you go about there it? Is, even do a, do a moose hunt. It, there is a lot of pressure on it because the the clients are you know they're 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 putting their trust in us that we we gonna we're gonna do you know the best we can for them, and we want to make them have an, an enjoyable time while they're with us. So we do a lot of preseason scouting. Um, the, the areas we traditionally guide in, we've been guiding in those areas for uh, probably eleven years, I think, um, with a pretty high success rate. You know, uh, we're doing pretty well up in that area, and it's it's a really you know. We, we guide mostly in Rooster County, which is the northernmost county in, in Maine. And there's a ton of moose up there. They're all over the place. Is that Zone um, 1? And our, our, that, that is part of Zone 1. Okay. Yep, it's Zone 1, 2, 3, um, 5, and 6. And I think part of 4 also, like the northern part of 4. Um, those are those are the Rooster County zones. And in, in my experience, that's the, that's the highest density of moose in the state and the highest uh, success rate up in that area. Um, it also has the, the two major seasons, which is the, the September season and the October season. Then there's like some, what they call like, you know, the kind of like shoulder seasons kind of thing, you know. Um, but, so we do a lot of preseason scouting, a lot of, uh, we go shed hunting in the winter um, to see moose that we've, you know, maybe seen in, in the past and didn't get a chance to harvest, um, to see if they make it through the winter. We do, uh, you know, going by snowmobile and we'll find the antlers. And that, that at least tells us they made it through hunting season and most likely the winter and go back in the spring and the same thing and then we do a lot of um, scouting right before the season too to find where where we're seeing them find the wallows find the you know the rubs the rakings things like that and you know where we're seeing the moose and the cows and the and the bulls and then and then as a hunt goes like you just go back into those areas and try and call them out or so we'll have you know before we leave camp in the morning, I'll have a A, B, C, D, you know, all the way down to Z areas I want to check. And I'll check the hottest spot first, you know, where, where we've been seeing, you know, the, the smoking hot wallow over there. So we'll go into that area. And the way they like to hunt is we, we get in, we get back in the woods and we, we walk and we walk and we walk and we call. And it's just like, just like running and gunning for turkey hunting. It's the same thing. 
Um, we'll start calling, and if we get a response, we'll we'll work it, and we'll just keep walking until we get a response, or until we decide this is this area is not good. We're going to move to the next area. And and like turkeys, they come barreling right in, and they or they kind of stand off, or yeah. is it just? It depends. It depends. Like if you're in the rut, which is usually the September season. Um, that's the best, in my opinion, that's the best season to have is because they're all wound up in the rut and they're more, way more susceptible to calls at that point. And they, a lot of times they'll come charging right in. Um, other times they'll come in looking for a fight and they'll come walking in, just raking their head back and forth. And they're looking, they're looking to fight. Um, you know, if, if you had, they, they're during that road, they're wound up. I mean, if you, if you had to wait all year, you had to eat in one week. You pretty well got to, um, and they so they try to they try to get everything they can and breed as many cows as they possibly can in that week. That's wild. Like, could you imagine thousand pound animal coming charging at you, making all kinds of noise, raking on stuff, and and they're like they don't even care that you're a human being, really, right? I mean, like, no, no. They, we have a, a video on our, uh, I think you have it on Facebook and Instagram. I was guiding for another outfitter, and we called in this small bull. We see him coming from a long ways. You can see him grunting, grunting, grunting. And I told the client, I said, we're not going to shoot him. He's a small bull, but we'll watch him. So the client said, I'm just going to set my gun up over here and, and video it. So he videoed it. And this thing's getting closer and closer and closer. And it's, it's probably eight yards from us at this point. And then it's getting closer and closer. Now it's probably eight feet from us and I said alright that's far enough that's far enough and I'm talking to him the bull and he could care less that I'm talking to him and his, you see his ears go back his eyes roll back and I said "We look out and he charged us I pushed my client to the side I dove one way he dove the other way and the bull came right in between us with his antlers down trying to charge us wow he turned around and then ran back off and he said that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> for who <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my! Can God. you general? I know that's probably a loaded question, but generally, can, when you get a vocal response, can you kind of tell that it's a more mature bull or a younger bull, kind of like you can with a turkey, like a long beard and a Jake, or you really don't yeah, know until you get always. eyes on them? Yeah, not always. I mean, the grunts sound differently, but it's not always. Uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, that's a massive bull. Some, sometimes it is. You, when you hear that, you're like, that is a big bull. Right. And other times you're like, I'm not really sure. You know. So it's pretty. And sim- a lot of times you can hear, you can hear when their antlers hit. You, there's a different tone between a small set of antlers and a big set of antlers. Uh, you, you, you learn to know the tone. Right. So pretty similar to turkey. Some a lot of times you can tell that it sounds like a Jake, or if he's rolling yep. hard, you can tell he's probably going to be a pretty decent bird. Yes. But they'll fool you sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I had that happen. <laughs> I shot a Jake this year. thought it was a long beard because it gobbled the wrong way. <laughs> you also called them three long beards and thought they were Jakes. Yeah, I did. I did call them three long <laughs> Those things do happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, with, with right. the- you know, people don't realize how big a moose actually is until it's laying on the ground in front of you or it's standing there, you know, 12 yards from you. Yeah, what do, what do people even say when they knock down their first moose and they've never seen one, and then they walk up to it and they're like, "Like, usually it's some profanity or some it's just it's just disbelief, like how how something this big can be laying at their feet, you know." Oh, 
that's... And a lot of people have, have literally waited their entire life for this time. We had uh, a hunter on this last October season. He's been putting in for 40 years. Oh, wow. And he says, you know, it's just, it's, it's, he couldn't believe, you know, he finally harvested one. And he, he just, I can't believe the size of this. I can't believe, you know, this is the hunt. Was it a big bull that he killed? It was a good, it was a decent bull. Yeah. Yep. It, we had really hard conditions during that October season. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, you know, it was a good opportunity bull. And the weather was getting a lot worse in that later in that week, too. So they were ecstatic with it. it we had a great hunt. I think killing any moose. That, yeah, that's a, a factor that a lot of people, I don't think, realize. How, is it a five-day hunt when you're on a guided moose hunt? Six days. Six, six days, day yeah. So, like yep, you said, Monday to Saturday. you wait 40 years, you have six right. days to get it in, you throw yep. weather as a factor in. I mean, decisions have to get made at some point. You know, right. may, maybe Monday, Tuesday, or, you know, day one, day two, you can let it ride. But by by the third day, you got to start thinking, you know... Uh, you don't want to eat that tag. No, in a in a typical you know in a typical six day hunt, you might get one perfect day where you're like the frost is perfect, the weather's changed. It's just it's one of those crystal clear mornings, and you can hear for a long distance. But you may get one, maybe two days, but the rest of them you're kind of you're fighting wind, you're fighting heat, you're fighting rain, whatever it is. You'll you'll never get six days of good weather. Right. I think that's with any hunt, though, when you travel to go it hunt is. somewhere. Yep. I mean, it's like, it's, yep. it's just like, you know, snow goose hunting. You know, we say to book three hunts, three days. Same with our sea duck hunting. You book three days because you're going to have one really good day, one decent day, and one crappy day. I mean, it's just inevitable, yep. right? Like, it's just, it's just the way that it goes. And then the pressure's on. Where, like, well, you guys travel hunted. Like, when the pressure's on and you're in another state and you're just trying to fill that tag, like... You know, come the end of the day, you know the the last two three days when the pressure's on, man, you're gonna your 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 exception for taking an animal is gonna be totally different by the end of the week than it is in the first day they step on ground. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, like you said, Monday and Tuesday you can probably pass up some bulls. You know, some some bulls you're like, ah, but they're not quite what we're looking for. But come Wednesday you're starting to think, okay, uh-huh. you know, maybe my standards have gone down a little bit. Come Thursday, you're like, yeah, um, here we go. <laughs> the Friday, Saturday, you know, and on my wife's hunt back in 21, we were waiting for a big bull. You know, we wanted the big bull. She wanted the big bull. And by Thursday, she's like, I'm shooting the next bull I see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care what it is. If it's a legal bull, I'm shooting it. <laughs> the, the way I always look at, look at it is you, you don't want to kill, you really don't want to kill on the day one, and you really don't want to right. kill on the last day either. <laughs> Exactly. No, yep. that's right. But she ended up harvesting a beautiful 56-inch bull on, uh, I think it was Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday morning. Oh, that's awesome. Well, so. she had you as a guide, so she could have went six days, seven days, ten days. It didn't matter. <laughs> oh, no. She, she was done with me by probably Tuesday. I think. <laughs> she stuck it out. <laughs> she didn't have a choice. We were in campus. She didn't have a choice. So yeah. <laughs> she stuck it out until Friday. She well, wasn't happy about it, but she did. <laughs> So, so when you go up and do those moose hunts and stuff, do you guys stay at a lodge somewhere, or do you like off, you know, just camp? Or we have we have wall tents and a camp that we stay in. Ah, sweet. Yeah. And so then you're getting giving the full experience then. Oh yeah, yeah. We're remote. You know, we're not near the towns. We're not near anything. We're we're remote back in there quite a ways. Last year we, uh, uh, Josh and I were sharing a tent one night. 
we heard crashing behind us, and there was actually a bull chasing a cow, grunting and crashing, walking, and they were less than 100 yards behind us in the woods. Wow. Was that- you can, where, where we set up, you can get up in the night. There's, you don't hear anything. It's not like a city. Like, you don't even see lights up there. It's just the stars. Mm-hmm. And you can hear bulls grunting in the distance across the river. You'll, you'll hear cows moaning, and it's just, you'll hear coyotes. It's, it's just, it's, it's the middle of nowhere, and it's awesome. I think everybody should go into the Northwoods of Maine and experience that because there's probably yep, I agree. There's not a lot of places in the world that are like the Northwoods. There really is not no. anything like it. And it and it's like almost like what you just described to me. All I can think about is Elkhart and out west, where they're yeah. bugling in the middle of the night. You're sitting on the mountains. Yep. You hear all this. I mean, I've never done it, but you guys hear stories, and that's virtually what you were just telling right here in New England. Yep. You know, and guys don't really realize some of the resources that you do have here in New England for hunting. You know, like in the, in the moose camp, you'll, like you'll get up in the night to go to the bathroom or whatever, and you'll literally hear bulls grunting all around you. Ugh. And it, the cows are moaning, and you just it's, it's crazy to hear that stuff. You don't hear the traffic. You don't, see, you don't see lights. You don't see anything. You're just, you're in the wilderness, and it's great. That's awesome. That doesn't get any better than that. Go ahead, Steve. <clears throat> Does a non-resident have to have a guide? No. Okay. Well, I know so some. I think. I only, know. I think maybe Canada. There. I think there are some places. If you draw that tag, you it's mandatory to have a guide. I wasn't sure if Maine was one of. Yeah, them. I think the only the only way that affects up here is with hounds for bear. Okay. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring your hounds from as a non-resident, you have to have a main guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe that's the case. That's because yeah. they're still attacking all that bear hunting with hounds. They don't. They want to get rid of it so everything. bad. Yeah, they're going after bear pretty bad. They're going after. They just shot down a coyote hunting bill up here, and it's they're trying for everything. You know, that's one of the the worst things about New England is that all the city, all the all the states want to shut down the hunting, but they don't really realize that a lot of the heritage has been built on this. People come from all over, like Maine. Maine is a destination state for a lot of people to go and do a lot of different things, like. Go and bear hunt, go and moose hunt, go and, you know, do a lot of things in Maine. I mean, they have the best lobster right. around, too. Lobster. lobster. Yeah, it's not just hunting either, you know, recreational opportunities, hiking, canoeing, yep. fishing. You know, it's, the opportunities are endless in Maine mm-hmm. for the outdoors. They are. Now, do you guys, I mean, Seth, you just brought up a very good point. Um, do you guys guide for stuff like that, too, or just, just the hunting aspect? We're just into the hunting right now, but we're going to expand to the fishing and the recreation also. Yeah. Um, we have our licenses for that stuff. So we're just, like I said, we just we just started this last year, mm-hmm. um, 2022. And so it's basically, it's growing as we as we go. Um, so we're going to expand to the fishing and to the, the recreation side of it also. That's awesome. Because, like, the canoeing up there, the, yep. fi- the Snow- brook trout. Snowmobiling and four-wheelers. Sp- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the recreation trails up here for the ATVs and the side-by-sides and all that stuff, there's, there's amazing trails, especially up in the county and down east. Uh, there's some great destinations down there. And the snowmobiling, I mean, the snowmobile trails up here are great. You know, they make them, they do really hard work on those trails up in the county and all around the state, actually. 
when you're ready to do that, I'll I'll take I'll take I'll be the first one to uh, do a uh, a shed hunt on snowmobile, please. Thank you. <laughs> Come on up. We go every year. We love it. We stay right in camp and we 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 sled right out of camp. It's great. So one of my favorite things to do, and I wasn't able to do it this season. Just everything's kind of crazy. Is shed hunting in, in the north woods of Maine. Uh, me and the dog go up yep. there and do a ton of remote camping. I normally do two weeks. Um, just, just me, the dog and a buddy or two. Um, and one of my big things I want to do is on the snowmobile, uh, just because the snowmobilers get half of our antlers half the time. Yeah. That's how we do it. Mostly is, is, uh, and we, I don't, it's something I don't really live in the, in the moose country, but we have the camp up there and everything. So we go up to stay at camp. We have friends up in the County that that's all they do in the winter is shed hunt. Mm-hmm. And they'll find, you know, 50, 60 sheds a season yep you know moose sheds mm-hmm. it's crazy actually the the moose that my wife harvested a friend of ours came and saw the moose and he said i've got a shed i've got two seasons of sheds from this moose. come on and he showed me a picture of it and he actually had the the right side of that um he'd already sold them so he didn't have them anymore but uh he had he knew that bull he had the sheds from it that's awesome oh that's that's just like whitetails back home everybody you know yep. That's crazy. And they're probably in dog shoes, so you probably couldn't get them back. Yeah, he actually called and tried to get it back, and they'd already been cut up. They've been cut up, yeah. Those things happen. Those things happen. So so now you guys actually, like, you guys have a camp up there that, like, if guys want to come and hunt with you that they can go to, like an actual lodge or? No, it's it's, it's one that we own. It's a camp that we have, and we use the tents also. Okay. So, so, but if we were going to do anything up in that area, depending on what the what the activity was, mm-hmm. depending on where we'd stay, right? Okay, yeah. No, I'm just asking, like, just just for information for the listeners, Welcome like, to New Hampshire. yeah, we yep. made it to New Hampshire. Live free or die. Um, <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> finally, out of Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> so, like, like if on the breathe, if you have. Uh, <laughs> Is your butt a little <laughs> yeah. less less puckered up over there, Steve? Um, <laughs> yeah, pull the seat cover out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, if you guys have clients that want to come up and do certain activities with you, is there a lodge or is it self lodging or how do you guys normally run your operation? It, it depends on like with the with the bear hunts, we have a place for them to stay, um, mm-hmm. a, a camp, yep. you know. And for the moose hunt, same thing; they'll stay with us in camp. Okay, and they'll they'll stay right there. Okay. So it's like a main, you know, main lodge kind of a camp, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That's where we have all our meals and everything will be right there. That's where we, we start the day and we end the day right there. Okay. So different activities, different things include and right. different different things for that. That's awesome. Yep. Awesome, guys. And and where where can they find you? We might as well get that up and out of the way real quick while we're on the topic of conversation. Yeah, we're on uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Two Hundred Seven Outfitters on both of those, mm-hmm. and uh, the website's www.207outfitters.com. Awesome, and I'll drop that in the link below so you guys can go and click on that and check out their stuff. Awesome. Um, obviously, some pictures and some good stuff there. So, I'm sure there'll be plenty of tags well, coming we'll, this we'll weekend. Some, some pictures. Week. Yeah. Um. So this. Yeah. Some, go ahead, Seth. No, I was going to say some cool videos on the uh, social media too. If check those out oh yeah awesome yeah and we'll be tagging you guys i mean this thing this this podcast is dropping tonight so it will be live and and ready to rock and roll for the morning by the time we're out turkey hunting together the podcast will be up 
and then we'll start you guys will all see all this stuff on our social media also so you guys can go and check it out 207 and all that good awesome. stuff um so we, we're looking forward to being up there and and doing some turkey hunting any any type of game plan to start off and just kind of let it, all the listeners kind of know we kind of get, get going in the morning well i've got a couple of spots lined up uh hoping well i was kind of waiting to see if how late you guys are going to sleep in first but We'll, uh, I already told you we don't sleep. <laughs> we don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess you don't need to. I guess you're all good. Set. Seth doesn't either, so you guys would be good. We we were hoping to roll into <laughs> town and go coyote hunting. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we ain't going on a coyote tonight without weather coming through. No, just kidding. <laughs> we're drinking yeah. coffee no, already. We definitely so. will get out. Yep. Yep. No, 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 uh, you know, mind blowing game plan. Just go out there and. And uh, give them a try in a couple spots like get in mind, but then uh, you know do some running and gunning and see what we can come up with. Yeah. So so now explain it to me real quick. Like in Maine, like do you just have like one good set in the morning and then just kind of kind of do what everybody does? Kind of just check around, run some trails, run some roads, try and find some birds, get around them and hunt. Or are you like mostly just that one main hunt and then that's it? No, I think, you know, like any other kind of hunting, everybody does their own thing. But, uh, you know, now that we're getting later in the season, you know, you see the birds early in the mornings in the fields, and then they're off into the woods. So I think uh, I think that would be kind of our game plan as well, is, is to, uh, you know, get a good set in the morning and uh, in a high-probability area, and then uh, maybe check a couple other places and then, then just go out and about and see what we can come up with. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me, man. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. I hope we kill some birds in the morning to start off the, the weekend right. Yep. That would be, be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, boys, uh, we have one last question for you guys. Seth probably knows what it is. I don't know if Tim does, so we'll start off with Tim. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good can come from Seth. <laughs> oh, hold on. we got to pay a toll here or we're going to get arrested yeah, So much for Hampshire. live free or die. Give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> three dollars please there you go um so um so tim i want to know what drives you outdoors my friend now that you're on the outdoor drive podcast uh I, i've been in the outdoors my entire life you know i was brought up on the coast and i've just i've always just pushed towards hunting and fishing and just being outside i mean i love i love hunting fishing and I, my favorite thing is getting people out there that haven't uh that haven't had much of an opportunity to get out kids or or even adults that have never hunted before you know i just i love getting out there and seeing a kid's face when that turkey gobbles first thing in the morning or you know a, a hunter on a moose hunt that, that hears the grunt or the, the raking or something like that something they've never experienced before and that's what really pushes me is getting living the experience through somebody else um that's you know I, I know my feelings when i see that stuff but to have somebody out there that's doing it for the first time is really what what drives me that's awesome man there's nothing better than that and i i had i had a feeling it was going to be something like that especially being a guide i'd imagine that it was you kind of have to have that that feeling for the outdoors yep how about you seth man what 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 drives you outdoors buddy well you know obviously i've heard this question quite a few times now and and thought a lot about it i I almost think it's almost a uh, it's a primal instinct that's in a lot of us, and I think it comes out more in some than others. And I think uh, I think what drives me is you know just matching whips with an animal and 
you know, oftentimes like deer hunting is a specific animal that I'm pursuing and, uh, you know, just trying to uh, get that upper edge on him and uh, get that opportunity, even if it doesn't work out. But I think, uh, you know, that that's what drives me outside. Boom. Yeah, that's me right there, bud, in a nutshell. <laughs> Love it. Seth, Seth knew what to say. That's why we started off with Tim. We couldn't give him any time to think about yeah. it. We just figured we'd throw him right yeah, to I the wolves. Seth's answer was way better. Yeah. <laughs> you have to remember, now Seth's been listening to the podcast for quite some time, knew what to expect, so that's why I saved him yeah. for a second. The heads up, Seth. Appreciate that one. <laughs> You know I'm here for you, buddy. Well, yeah, fun with yeah, that. I, yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing better than that. Well, boys, is there anything you guys want to finish off with or something that we missed throughout the podcast? Or uh, We appreciate you having us on. We're really looking forward to hunting with you guys this week. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep, I'm going to echo the same thing Tim said. appreciate you guys having us on. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. And uh, I, I, too, am looking forward to this weekend. I hope we have some some success but i know we'll have fun see the great thing about camp is we have some ex-cops to keep us in line we can can't get in trouble we can you know keep it calm and cool collective in camp well it's funny you say that because i yeah. don't want to interrupt the podcast but i can't believe you just let me drive by the new hampshire liquor store and, I, and you didn't have me stop <laughs> <laughs> oh, i didn't even think about it i'm glad you didn't see it i wasn't going to point it out to you i just drove right by it <laughs> story of my life here damn it <laughs> Well, There's boy. another one at the rotary. Uh, watch oh, okay. your mouth. All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to have fun at camp. We're really looking forward to it. We can't thank you guys enough for jumping on the podcast and then, you know, stepping up to come and do this and hang out with us in camp. Um, it's going to be fun. We're, we're looking forward to making memories and uh, and having a good time and hopefully killing some birds. That, But that's second to having a good time in camp. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, for you guys out there, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Make sure you guys go and check out 207 Outfitters and uh, follow on all of our social media throughout the weekend. We're going to have some really good stuff coming to you. Um, and for everyone else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.